Hey, hey, you people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. and meat eaters, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan, that is Mr. Horsley, and today on the show, well, it's Leanna Kangas, isn't it? It is, but before we get into this, I gotta ask, you said herbivores and meat eaters, what about the omnivores, can they not listen? No. No omnivores, okay. just turn, so eat- turn it off right now. Right, so if you're an omnivore, if you eat both meat and non-meat, you gotta can't listen, it's not for you. <laughs> Damn it, I got to turn this off. got to go. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, bye, guys. See you later. No. Uh, yeah. So she's an artist, yeah. man. She drew Star Wars Adventures for a while. Oh, cool. Uh, there's a new book out called uh, She Said Destroy, uh, which actually I looked it up before we started recording, and it looks really good. Nice. Um, her art's fantastic. Um, definitely check her out. And she sat down with Casey, and they had a really good conversation. Oh, that's nice. Well, dang. Let's just get into this thing and listen. Let's just do it. All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of Spoiler Country. Today on the show, my buddy Matt Sumo and I are going to talk to a comics powerhouse, Leanna Kangas. How you doing? I am doing great. Also, I love your radio voice so much. <laughs> <laughs> so much. It's such a great introduction. <laughs> it's my NPR voice. Please tell me I said your name right. Your, your last name specifically. Oh, Kangas. Yeah. Yes. I think yes. so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, I meant to ask Matt beforehand, like, is it is it Kangas or like Kangas? And because I will but like you hear the southern dripping off of my voice. I will butcher a last name. Oh yeah. And m- easily make myself sound like a jackass, which I've already done. So Leanna, how you doing? I am not bad. Also, I appreciate the southern accent. Obviously, you know I'm also in the south right now. <laughs> Love it. And two, the fact that I didn't remember how you pronounced it probably was like a great (laughs) sign or tells how I'm actually feeling right now, which is, you know, it's a pandemic, so. Run me through your day. Like pandemic has either incredibly disrupted how you operate or it's made you even more productive, maybe even like a a little bit of both. Can you tell us, how, how do you start your day? Because you you have a creative job, you you create for a living, and those hours are are the hours that you choose to keep. Yeah, I get up. I try to get up at like six thirty, but it usually ends up being seven. Kind of lay there 
existential dread for a couple <laughs> minutes, you know, just existing and uh, checking my phone, obviously. You got to start your morning with the doom scroll. And then oh, yeah. take care of my dogs. I have two wonderful dog children. And I take care of them first. Because what kind of puppies I love are them they? Very much. Ula is, she's like a, she's a mix between like a pit bull and like a collie of some sort or like shepherd of some sort. And then Ollie is a brindle corgi. Oh, nice. Nice. So they are the the loves of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And I take care of them first, have breakfast, usually from like 7.30 or 8, depending on when I get out of bed to like 10. I'm doing like emails or writing or, you know, cleaning my place or whatever to try and get me in the mindset. Because like, Everything has to be clean and done before I can work for some reason. And then I usually get to my desk around 9, 9, 30, 10, depending on what I'm, you know, either if I'm writing that morning or whatever. And then I work until sometimes six or seven, depending on like if I have meetings or whatever to fill in the time with drawing in between. And then I usually either do a podcast to wrap up the day, which I'm pointing at you, but people can't see. Um, or I do my own <laughs> podcast now once a week, usually sometimes like I overbooked myself this month with podcasts and everyone's like making fun of me because I tweeted about it. But <laughs> it's great for me because I get to meet new people. But at the same time, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm doing a podcast every day. And then I usually like wrap up, have dinner, maybe a beverage. And then <laughs> literally I've just been playing Destiny for the past like two months. <laughs> <laughs> and until like 10 or 11. And then I, I actually do like, I try to read a little bit at night. Like right now I'm reading Mexican Gothic. So I try to get at least a chapter read every night and then start the day over again. Groundhog Day style. Nice. Nice. So uh, like you have other people in your life in addition to your dogs. How do you achieve like a balance to where you are? present with them and then you're also because I'm a dad I have two kids and uh, a wife to go along with those kids and they're all trouble (laughs) but I love it as you know I do this podcast I work a full-time job and then like I try to write in the evening maybe one day I'll get published but finding a balance is something I'm really wanting to strive towards do you have any tips for that absolutely not no (laughs) when anyone finds out please tell me I do weekends I try to take I had a lot of things come up last year to where some of my weekends were being taken up solely by work but I usually try to take off work the majority of the weekend and like you know play music or like do whatever chill try to just exit myself from the comics industry it's very difficult obviously you know I love it very much and all of my friends it's difficult because like half of my friends are in comics and the other half are so beyond displaced from comics that it's great because no matter who I'm hanging out with at any time they either want to hear about it or they've already heard about it so it's kind of nice but you you were in like advertising or something before I worked marketing. Jobs. Marketing, and that's it. Yeah. And that it seems like such a different world from, from comics. Do you, was there any like crossover there? Did the people who you worked with kind of under, 
understand what you were trying to do. (laughs) I love all of my old coworkers. So like I worked in an industry that's primarily focused around like behavior analysts and stuff like that, which is like kind of in the psychology field for those that don't know. I loosely say that only because it's like coupled in the psychology departments. Were you in the CIA? Was I in the CIA? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yes. And I knew that. So no, but however... Two of my really, really close friends who are close friends outside of my old job, they were always like very supportive and could tell that I was creative. And they were like, we just want to see you succeed outside of like, we can tell you're miserable here. So like, you know, fly free. And I like FaceTimed them the other day and they were like, we just can't believe how successful you are. And I don't feel success. I don't like, how do you measure success in comics, right? Impossible. Like there's no, you either tell yourself that you feel successful or you're just like, I haven't done enough. There's no in between for me. So like for the validation for somebody to be like, you're so successful, feels really great. And kind of makes you step back to be like, Oh, I did achieve stuff, you know, or like, I do value the things that I have done, which is nice. But as a creator, you're always like, okay, what's the next, what's the next thing that I'm going to make? Or like, how am I going to be better or whatever? And I think that that's, somewhat healthy if you have a balance between celebrating your successes and also continuing to want to be better. Awesome. Where where do you get your inspiration? Because you've done a ton of creator-owned things. And it seems like when you're not creating, you're taking stuff in. You you can't not shut yourself off from the world. So so where, where do you get that spark? I think... That I am actually, I've been thinking about this a lot in that that I don't take enough time to look at other mediums and like explore other, you know, like read more or things like that. I've been kind of being hard on myself to like try and push myself outside of, my thing. you know, I've like, I live and breathe comics all the time. I always have even in retail or whatever. So it's difficult because every time like I was trying to read like Bad Weekend and I can't read it because like I just want to analyze the entire thing while I'm reading it, right? So like, I have to shut parts of my brain off to be like, you need to sit down and enjoy this or maybe be inspired by it, but you need to stop being like, how does he do this? Or how does, you know, like, so films, music, normal stuff. I, I really enjoy fine art, but like, you can't go to museums and stuff right now. So yeah, it's, um, it's kind of interesting uh, to like, look at old books and things like that. But I would say mostly music. Well, what's your jam right now? What's my jam? That's a really hard question. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So I actually made a playlist for like a thing that is coming out next week or on my birthday, which I, when is this being released? That is up to our editor and it'll probably be like if maybe two weeks from now. Okay, great. Well, so I have, uh, <laughs> I have a uh, roast coming out with Rootless Coffee and I got to do oh, a label for it, but I also did like, I asked to do like a playlist to go along with it and things like that. So I've been listening to it a lot, kind of reminded of my old... Who, who's on it? Oh, it is a mixed bag of very weird old stuff because I was like, how do I make it seem like my childhood, but not quite? And so 
it has, I'm pulling it up so that way I can tell you because I don't want to tell you the most embarrassing thing, which is 311 and then stuff there. <laughs> oh God, they were so awful. <laughs> Metronomy's on there, the gorillas. I even put some black eyed peas on there. Yes, nice. obviously. <laughs> Justice, the strokes. Justice because, you great. Know, I love. I, love I would dance in the car to Justice on the way to with my daughter on the way to uh, daycare when oh. she was. Teeny She's learning young. That's good. Oh yeah. Black lips. So. Oh, they're they're reminds me of Florida. freaking yes. They were great. <laughs> I I've gone through a doom phase, and I just want to listen to like Ohm and Sleep, and Bongzilla and bands like that. I'm getting a blank look. And then for from some Matt reason, or from me, uh, Matt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've and, never heard of them. So, <laughs> and for some reason, I was like, I want to hear like dance hall and early reggae and uh, stuff like that. So, I made like a huge playlist with like Prince Buster and like the old, old uh, reggae stuff, mm-hmm. and it's. So fun. I was, we're on the way to dance the other day, I was, because, again, I have two girls. <laughs> we were listening to, to the old reggae stuff, and it was, it was so fun. And my daughter was like, this is, this is really weird. I was like, yeah, it is, but it's great. <laughs> were they digging it? Or were they, they did. Like, Dad, turn it off. Oh, okay. They, That's good. So my, my six-year-old loves Rancid. <laughs> Which we have a a small selection of songs that we allow her to listen to. Time Bomb is one of them. She just rocks out to that all the time. But yeah, Lloyd Chambers, Sugar Minow, John Holt, Bunny Whaler, Jimmy Cliff, all these old, old early reggae stuff. I love it. I think that's one genre I just... I don't listen to, and it might just be because I grew up in Florida, so everybody listens to it <laughs> all the time. Any bar you walk into, like, reggae. You're just like, like, what? It's like drunk uncle music, kind of. It's, well, it's worse because it's like all drunk white people that are on vacation. Sunburned. So you're just like shit. miserable. Just watch. Yeah. So anyway, going to continuously make fun of Florida there. <laughs> So. What, what part of Florida do you come up in? I grew up on the East Coast near Orlando and, you know, near the Kennedy Space Center. It's great. Oh, Love that must space. have been awesome. So, yeah. That area is really, it's like full of, you know, normal Floridians, but then also full of expat and like people that went to college there for like engineering and stuff like that because of the all the different types of, I guess, government contract places and things like that. And then that's, also, you know, NASA. And, uh, that's the way it is so. in Huntsville because we, you know, we have the Space Center and uh, a bunch of other people that we contract out to for, for aerospace. So it's in Alabama, it's one of the most, that part of Alabama is one of the most highly educated cities in the nation. It's really weird, but obviously it does not help us out one bit <laughs> if you watch the news. So how'd you get into comics in the first place? Like what, what drew you to the medium? I think just the limitless opportunity that you could kind of ingest it with coupled with your own imagination. So you could like fill in the gaps. It's like a mind game when you're reading it and sort of see it happening in your brain or at least that's how I'm a like a visual reader so I would like read it kind of like how I would watch a film but it's much more fun filling in those gaps and like figuring out 
the world building while reading it, if that makes sense. Because you already have visual cues, so it's easier to fill in gaps. And also, you know, it's just, I feel like like a much larger creative format with very extremely talented people. So it just always had like a draw to it, I guess. Nice. What what was the first thing that that blew you away in terms of like seeing a book and going like, oh, this is cool? Probably Why the Last Man. Really? That's really? the only time that I can really so remember because, you know, I have a terrible memory and also like concussions and stuff going to shows younger. But <laughs> I think like mostly that's like the only book that I can remember being like, it's always been one that I've been reminded of. I guess, especially like one that I remember actually physically asking for the next volume every time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Like Did I was you... still, I was reading it when I think when it was coming out, or like halfway when it was coming out. How old so were like, you when you discovered this? Oh, I don't remember. I'd have to do the math. What? Maybe seventeen. 18? Oh, cool. Okay. Maybe eighteen. I don't. I actually really don't know, so don't quote me on that. No, oh, no, no, that's all good. What are years? What is math? <laughs> Especially after fucking 2020, it's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I uh, just told somebody on a call right before this that January was an entire year, so. Yeah, it is. Don't know if you knew that. Don't like it. No, I feel that. Yeah. We, we went through an entire decade in the span of a year. Yeah. With just awful shit that could happen. And I apologize for the language, but cheese and crackers, man. <laughs> Uh, like, pump the brakes. <laughs> so, so what what are you working on right now? Like you have, you're, you're constantly. It seems like you're constantly juggling plates. Like she said, destroy true cult. All all these other amazing books. You don't slow down. You're like a freaking shark. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, um, that's nice, I guess. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> Though you have to say like alligator because of Florida. I am working on a graphic novel right now that I can't talk about yet. And then I'm also working on finishing up the last half of True Cult. So we finished half of it already, which is great. Like wink at Matt, who's wearing his True Cult beanie while we're talking. <laughs> I love it so much. Just got it, it today. great on you. Thanks. Our model. Um, <laughs> So it, that, and like, I am doing some covers and things like that. So I've definitely booked myself fairly full, which is great. And I feel very lucky by the way. So is there, is there ever a point that you think like, I I need to take a break? I need to, cause I, I was talking to, I was talking to the artist for, for Billionaire Island that, that podcast actually went up today and he, he mentioned, he's like, yeah, I've been busting my ass so much lately that Steve Pugh, by the way, he was like, I, I'm going to have to take a break for a little while because the past few years has just been constant and mm-hmm. there's so much, not just mental strain on an artist, but you're, you're like glued to a chair. I don't have to tell you that. It's more for the person listening. But y'all are really taking a lot of burden on yourselves to to put out a great story. One of the major things that I think about recently and have found that a lot of my peers feel the same way about it is that when you try to take time off 
or you try to take weekends off, you don't know how to exist or think as a human being anymore because you've been working so much. All you can think about is work. And I definitely fall in that category. And I think that that's a problem that a lot of people have, that there's ways that hopefully we can all pull ourselves out of. But, you know, obviously during like lockdown or whatever that we're experiencing or however you choose to keep yourself safe, like I know that I am living Groundhog Day in my house every single day. That's fine. And I have been trying to add in small things into my routine and things like that to like break up so I don't burn out more specifically, but then also to take breaks to make sure that my body is not going to, you know, crumble in on itself and things like that. And it's great to have reminders of really close friends. Like I'm thinking specifically about two or three of them that are always constantly telling me to drink more water and like stretch and like take (laughs) care of yourself and blah, blah, blah. I'm very blessed, but I, I don't think a lot of people talk about it enough in that there is that I wouldn't say it's unhealthy because I definitely feel like it's a new thing that a lot of people are experiencing where you are stuck in the mindset where you have to be working all the time. And I want more freelancers and more people in comics specifically to promote boundaries and being able to separate our lives working from home to healthy work habits and everything like that. Because like, I see a lot of people posting, like I've been working for 10 days straight and I haven't had a break and blah, blah, blah. And I, Also love that a lot of people tweet back or say like, it's great that you're being productive, but I like at what cost, right? Like, or how are you going to make other people feel reading this, that they're not being productive enough? Or like, you look like you're murdering yourself on Twitter. Please stop. Like, we don't want you to die next week. So like, maybe take the day off so you can actually work hard next week. You know what I mean? So it's really hard because I get it. I know what it's like being under a deadline and I know what it's like working six days straight, 10 hours, 12 hours a day to get something hit by a deadline. But it's also difficult with the (laughs) direct market and like schedules and things like that. So it's very interesting. I am really lucky that the publisher that has hired me to do this graphic novel, they're very lax on schedule very communicative, very great. And it's a new way for me to see what it's like freelancing in comics to see like, well, I don't have to kill myself to murder myself over this monthly deadline. Right. And I love monthlies. I collect them. I buy them. I love doing them. I think the issue format is such a great delivery method. I just think that there probably are really healthy ways to do that. And I just went down an entire vental. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. No, no, I, I want to hear it all. Um, this is because, like working myself out in therapy, but it's all about work. So <laughs> it's, it's stuff that people need to hear. And I, I don't think that a casual reader will re- really get the full picture of what y'all, y'all go through to put out an issue. Because there's so many people working on one, you know, 24 page comic or in so many people working on a a graphic novel and it's a grind. And Mm -hmm. part of, I think part of the the whole rise and grind culture is really has a lot of negatives to it. And it worries me that is going to burn people out. Yeah. But next year or two is going to look like for comics because, you know, by the time you draw something, it's, Flatted, colored, lettered, edited, production, blah, 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 printing, 
you know, like that's months down the line sometimes. Yeah. Or sometimes weeks, depending on who's pushing it through. But to know like people's output right now, like we went through a lot last year. So much. We went through so much. I know I'm tired. You know, I, I would love to take a month off or like even a week off. I'd kill for that. But like, you know, we are lucky that we have these jobs as freelancers and I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's a, it's like a boutique industry and there's so many people that want to get into it and so many people that will never be able to maybe be successful in it. You're, you're, you're doing a, a great job of making sure that Leanna Kangas is out there and doing amazing stuff. And so you're, you're an outlier in, in that so many people, you know, try to make it and, you know, there's talent and there's opportunity and all these other things that go into it. it seems like you're, you're, you're pushing it all on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. There's like a lot of different variables and you just have to spin all the plates and that's how you make it work. One thing I've noticed about you in particular is a, so I, I follow you and I specifically follow you on social media because my good buddy, Matt Sumo, who is, is also on here. You'll hear him in the you. background every now and then he follows you and thinks you're, you're, you know, coolest thing since sliced bread. So I was like, Oh, let's check her out. Love your artwork. And also you're never not positive. I've never seen you dog anybody out or be like negative about anything that didn't deserve negativity. (laughs) And that says so much in not only the positivity, but the uplifting other people, which in a, an industry that, you know, there's so many people trying to get in and so little opportunities having seeing somebody uplifting another artist or another writer is a fantastic thing to behold. And it's really makes you hopeful. That's great. That's how it should be. There's space for everybody. That's what I, I, and I hope that people see that eventually in that comics is like such a great medium and such a great place to find friendships and, you know, and collaborators and things like that. And thank you for saying that stuff about the positivity, because that is primarily what I want to be known for is that you can come to my feed and like be filled with the excitement about comics that I've always felt. And so I don't think it's productive to share, like, I don't want to use my Twitter or anything for like negativity, specifically anything negative in my life or anything like that. I don't want people to feel that way. I want people to feel great. And that's why I'd rather give, you know, support to other people and like make use of those feelings to be productive and like share the growth or love of somebody else's work or what they're doing. That's way more important, I feel like. And I just genuinely want to see other people succeed in comics because I, I didn't think it was possible for me to be in this position at all ever years ago, if you were, if you like told me that I would be anywhere near where I'm at or have the opportunities that I have now, I would call bullshit and that I wouldn't believe you period. (laughs) But it's because I grew up in Florida 
the comics industry was primarily like dominated by like an older generation there. The conventions were very like old school oriented where it was just pretty much like old pros or like celebrities or like cosplayers. And so there wasn't really a lot of like the indie aspect or the makers aspect or the actual direct contact, like people who make it aspect of comics. And so when I moved to Canada, which before we had talked about, I went to my first TCAF and Toronto Comics Arts Festival is by far, I think probably my favorite convention. And two, introduces you to the exact side of comics that if you are a creator, you need to see. Like it is imperative that you see it much like SPX, much like, you know, I think things like Dink and things like that is that you realize it is an attainable passion project that you can actually do if you put the work into it and that you are successful no matter what, because even if you're one comic is read by these one people, you know, this one group of people, and even though it may be small and it impacts them in such a way that they continue and go and do or make comics or inspires them to make comics, like, isn't that all that's worth it? Right. Like, Having met, like, so obviously I've been in comics a long time or been collecting comics for a long time, but like going to that TCAF and like buying a whole bunch of really indie stuff, which I had never outside of like direct market, haven't ever really purchased before. And then, you know, meeting people like Chip or, you know, all these other like creative human beings that were established in the industry and like how nice and welcoming they are or like how funny or, you know, just interactive and you know you get to see what the industry is as a whole in like one weekend and it just makes it attainable and it makes it you know a realistic goal thing I don't know what I'm trying to say now but any (laughs) anyway you know it that's the kind of like support that I want to give people that I received like I had a really like one of my friends Daryl Graham is an animator and he's worked on like big movies and things like that. He's my friend because I met him working at a comic shop and he was like, why aren't you making comics? You love comics. You are like drawing at work. Like, why aren't you making comics? And so to have like people like that, that's what I want to do for people. For them to be like, oh, she thinks I can do it. I could totally do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, you have like around the same passion that like Tom Pyre and Jamal Eigel have for the medium. And he, is he not rad there, but I love that they're both on the same, on the same comic and they both are insane about comics. Like Tom is like a chill Willy Wonka of comics. (laughs) he He loves everything about Ahoy. And he's like, this title is so good and blah, blah, blah. Talking about everybody with the most respect and love. It's really awesome. And Jamal, if you ask him like, who's blowing your hair back right now? He will list off about 20 people just like boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. Totally nuts about it. And I've had a lot of tea with a lot of caffeine in it. So that might be rubbing off, but (laughs) yeah, Jamal is rad. He's great. I, getting to meet him and a couple other people that worked on the Black series uh, a couple years ago was an incredible experience because they were extremely welcoming 
especially Jamal. And like, I don't know, great to be accepted by people who you think are like heroes and stuff like that. He just seems like a solid dude. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you've kind of built up a, a, a nice little community of, of people and creators and, and stuff. How, what was the impetus for that? And how, how has that helped you in, in terms of creativity? I wanted friends. (laughs) (laughs) I move a lot. So it's kind of hard. And like comics, Twitter is actually like primarily how I make friends because with somebody who has to move fairly frequently or like is new to an area, usually you're like, okay, who do I, what shop do I go to? And then like, what creators can I talk to? Like, for instance, that's how I met Erica Schultz and how we're like BFFs because I moved to New Jersey and I was like, what comic shop can I go to? Went to my comic shop. She was doing a signing. I was like, Hey, I'm actually a fan of your work. Like, if you ever want to have coffee sometime, whatever. And now we're like besties, love her. She's incredibly talented. Please read Forgotten, Forgotten Home. So I use comics Twitter. It's been great because it turns out other people do too. Like Vita and I were mutuals on Twitter for so long. And when we finally met in person, we hugged. It was wonderful. They introduced me to their mom. I was like, this is the best (laughs) experience of my life. We're friends. What? The crazy, you know? And so things like that, like... Vita has introduced me to people like Philip CV and he's wonderful. Or like I was introduced to like Joe Isma by my, one of my closest friends, Sarah. And like, he was so nice. I've like asked him for advice a ton of times and he's like super supportive. And so like that has become my support network, not only in learning comics, but also like love to see people succeed, love to celebrate their successes and love to see them at conventions when I finally get to see them or like go to dinner or like, things like that. That's how I socialize. Essentially. It's kind of, I'm lucky in that this is my job, but it's also, you know, when the con is said and done, I actually have friends afterwards. It's not like just, all right, I did my job. going to go back to the hotel room. Good night. Like, it's like, no, I get to see my friends. This is great. So, and same with like creating a network of like community. Like I have recommended all of my favorite artists who I are, who I feel like are great friends. Like, Emily Pearson or like Lisa Stroll, like just people that like I kind of came up with. And like, I think it's like beneficial in a million ways in networking or like just friendships in general, or like, I don't know, you like learn from them. Like it's, it's wild. So anyway, I'm naming names now because I love all of them and they are great. <laughs> and I could name names for forever. <laughs> but One name that I can name right now that I've met through comics community is, is Matt Sumo. And I love that man. And I would, I I aspire to one day buy him a beer. (laughs) He is wonderful. He's like one of the few people in comics that like, number one, you support me always, Matt. And I love it so much. But number two, like me just dropping everything and being like, I need a Batman beyond story. Please write me one. And you're like, Oh, ready to go yeah not only did i write you one i wrote you two i'm about to write you a third one he he's he's great and consistently solid writer and i tell you a really funny story about matt real quick that i'm like this is the greatest i got to meet one of my heroes and matt was standing right next to me and i was like how do i 
how do I act? I don't know what's happening. I even like, I think I turned to Matt and I was like, I'm sweating. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And so I almost dropped my water bottle while talking to her. And I swear to God, he like just caught it immediately. Just (laughs) something happened. I don't remember what happened. It was so fast, but I was like, Matt, you just saved my life. You just saved me from complete and utter embarrassment. It was wonderful. Sorry. I just had to tell you that. He's perceptive and has the reflexes of a cat. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah. I've, I've asked him so many questions about writing and and been like, Hey man, tell me if this is shit. And and he'll be like, no, it's not shit. It's good. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. You sure it's not shit? Yes, Casey, it's not shit. It's good. And I I just, I love seeing what he's doing and uh, he's got something coming up. I'm really excited about speaking of, of things coming up. You're you're doing star a Star War, a and, Star War. <laughs> yeah. So how has that been? Because um, you you exist in a realm in comics in which you make the rules and you this, the the characters are generally your your people, and then now you're you're drawing people that are not your people, but you have to make them your people because that's what your job is. So how has that been? Well, I will touch base on like working on IP projects that are not. Yeah, yeah. Don't get yourself in trouble. uh, No, no, no. Just in general. But like working on IP projects is very interesting for me because as you know, I started out with Devil's Day, which is technically an IP project for the Black universe and not anything that I own. But for even working with somebody like Vita, like it felt like kind of, it felt like limitless creativity between the you know the two of us and also the rest of the team to be able to do like we were trusted to do with it you know whatever and I've recently worked on other IP stuff like this year past this year whatever in that there are requirements to some of the things or like approval processes and things like that and I always find it to be a challenge and I love it because you are kind of working with other people like make this it's kind of like working with the client versus working with like just co-creating right so I enjoy that because I enjoy both creating things for fun and you know drawing as a job so if that makes sense right like yeah yeah it's just business with creating it's more it's equal half and half for me so it's nice to deal with like client and or an editor or somebody that has the control over the IP and I find it challenging and I love it. How is there any IP project that you're just really, really itching to, to put your mark on? Batman Beyond. We've already discussed that. (laughs) (laughs) That, See, that's one thing that I think I'm a little bit older than you. I don't, it was on TV, but I think I was like in my teens maybe. And uh, so like, I I told of you to assume that you're older than me. Thank you. I'm I'm 38. (laughs) Oh, okay. You are, but okay. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You old bastard. (laughs) This is now two for two where I've called all the hosts in the past week. Oh, no, no. I don't care. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's good. You know, if you like the Bruce Tim stuff, like it's really good. And I say that obviously, like there's tons of IPs I'd love to work on, but like, Especially with friend, like someone like Matt to write the story would be really fun because it's just a whole bunch of people really excited about the cartoon being able to like sandbox it, right? Like that would be oh, yeah. so fun. That's rad. I, um, 
having I, I rarely get a chance to watch cartoons, but you know I have two small kids, well, a 10 year old and a, a six year old. And uh, my six year old wanted to watch gargoyles the other day. And she was like, dad, dad, that looks cool. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so we, we fell down the rabbit, the gargoyles rabbit hole and she dug it so much. It, it was, it was fun. Such yeah. A good cartoon. And it was something that was on when I was a kid and we also went down the the X-Men, the animated series rabbit hole, which I Good. then got a chance to interview the the showrunner and his his wife who also wrote scripts for the show. And it was it was super nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Did you play the theme song for them? Were they like, please don't? <laughs> I, I, I did not. However, I, I did tell them a few personal stories about, you know, watching it when I was a kid. Because when I grew up, we didn't have a whole lot of money. But an uncle bought us a VCR. And I, I taped like the, or like the first season on a videotape that was like something... My sister, it was her gymnastics performance. I got in so much trouble, but it totally worth it. She's not a gymnast now, so it doesn't matter. And X-Men, the animated series still exists. So I guess I want out. I love that. (laughs) The only time I ever got in trouble, I think growing up, was when I cut my brother's rat tail off. Guess what? It you did back. good. <laughs> you did the you did the Lord's work. You did it on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> so I wanted one. We had some redneck. <laughs> we had some redneck neighbors, and their kids had. They all had rat tails, oh, and yes. I wanted one. My mom was like, "Hell no, you're not gonna fucking rat." <laughs> <laughs> what if that comes back in the next oh, like oh, year? No. Oh Please my no. god, that would be. Oh yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Bring the rat tail back. Don't don't put that evil out into the universe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if if you want it started, you got to get it started yourself. I mean, you're like set the trend. Absolutely not. Exactly. I, I, After because of COVID, kind of setting the mullet trend back. Maybe good. just in this household, but yeah, it's it's not it's not a good sight at all. People are always like, why don't you just give yourself a haircut? Well, if I wanted a self-imposed mullet, I would definitely cut my hair. However, you know, or I could just wait. My six-year-old told me I had the hair of a baby cow, which I I don't understand. Like, you know, like the shaggy hair. very specific. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. So I, you go I think, to petting zoos often for her to. I mean, like, I have know. a six-year-old, so <laughs> it, it, it comes up every now and then. <laughs> That's hilarious! Oh my gosh! So, Matt, do you do you have any questions for for Leanna? I do have a couple. I wrote down Leanna, uh, True Blood fan, disco enthusiast, powerhouse artist, comic book writer, drummer, podcaster. Uh, a couple questions for you. Number one, your favorite song to play on the drums. Oh. Also, what's your kit? I have a, I want to say it's a Yamaha kit with Zildjian cymbals. Nice, nice. Is that how you pronounce it? What's that Lenny Kravitz song that's my favorite song? Because it's just so easy. Uh, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Is it that one? I want to get away. Um, Nope. Oh, It's the sad one. <laughs> oh, um. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it ain't over till it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think you need the first to, time I've ever sang on a podcast. Uh, I was about to say you need to like you just gave us a tiny little little taste. We need to hear more. Oh no! <laughs> Maybe catch me at a karaoke bar after cons. <laughs> What's your favorite song to sing on karaoke? I have been recorded and posted on YouTube singing "Call Me" by Blondie. Oh, nice! Times because I frequented a bar back home. And that was my weekly de-stressor was to go like hang out with my friends. And I always did that song every time. My wife back in the before times, uh, (laughs) before COVID, her her jam was always is, what is it? Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. I like that. And she kills it. I love it so much. Sorry, Next go ahead. time I ever have like an opportunity for karaoke, it'll definitely be like La Tigre. La Tigre. Oh, nice. La Tigre. Which one? Decepticon? Uh, oh, yeah. Decepticon. I want to scream. I haven't seen people in two years. <laughs> I'm just going to scream. That's That will be, this is how I show you my love is that I'm screaming at you. <laughs> I think it was one of their videos. We were showing our kids music that we like. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, let's play some La Tigre. We'll play Decepticon. That's clean enough. I think it was either. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. De, it was La Tigre. The video is nothing but phalluses. And I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll play it on Spotify. <laughs> the, I did just realize if not Lemon Kravitz, the song that I like playing is there's like, I think it's Total Football by Parquet Courts or The oh, Go-Go's so The Beat. Because it's just also very easy, but fun, you know. Parquet courts is so good. Yeah, so good. Very great. Did I answer your question, Matt? Uh, You did. Here's a a good follow-up music-related. As someone who has said in the past, disco seems important. What would you say is the quintessential (laughs) disco track? I would say... I think maybe anything by Chic or... You got to go like... I don't know. Like, I feel like women really made disco, like, fun. You know what I mean? Donna Summers, you know, everything like that. I was just, yeah. I, that's really hard. If I was just talking about the emotions the other day, I feel like they're a good earth, wind, and fire. Like, how do you, how do you decide this? Okay. Like, disco is way too good. You can't, you can't put me on the spot like this. this You can't. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm so stressed out now. I'm just <laughs> Jeez. I'm just uh, sorry. Um. No, I love it. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I love disco so much, and I don't think I've met any people in, on Twitter that, like, also love disco. So I'm, people have always asked me, like, what do you want to do for your birthday or, like, whatever? Like, what's your dream birthday? And I'm like, all of my friends go dancing, but it's disco, and they have to enjoy it. That's the caveat. And I mean, that would be pretty fun. Come on now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it's not necessarily, you know, the, disco is a lot more wide ranging than, than people initially suspect because it kind mm-hmm. of came out around the same time that like proto-punk was kind of because Blondie is essentially a disco band that, that played mm-hmm. on a punk stage. Um, and like you have funk. And, like, yeah. all these other genres that kind of encompass and, like, disco's kind of in the middle, just sitting on top, kind of, like, almost about to fall on every side. 
Exactly. You got another one, Matt? Yeah, so this is kind of True Cult related. True Cult is available digitally on Gumroad right now. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Pick three fast food items from <laughs> any three places. and ha- So you need a drink, uh, a sandwich, and a side. And a side? What would, okay. what would your three be? Okay, it would be, I have to remember the main, and that's going to be difficult, but it's McDonald's fries, fresh. Classic, yes. Not be sitting there. Has to be immediately out of the fryer. If they're cold, it's garbage. A drink is Baja Blast a la yes. Taco Bell. Yes. <laughs> That's on my and list. The main is going to be okay. It's either going to be from the dollar menu, a cheeseburger with extra shred and like a little bit of Thousand Island dressing or whatever the Big Mac sauce or whatever they call it, or it's the breaded chicken wings from, I think it's Hardee's, maybe. You know, just like the like chicken nugs, but they're like the whole like strips or that. Probably the strips. Like I personally would go for the strips, but if somebody's like, you have to have a sandwich, then it's the shitty dollar menu with the shred and the, and extra pickles, extra pickles. Nice. That's, yeah. Do you, That's a good do you- question. Do you have a coming home from the the club go-to restaurant? Ours is Whataburger because we, we, oh. we pass a Whataburger and it is the best. Do you want the one that I actually want or the one that I had to get? The one you actually want. We'll go okay. with that. The one that I actually want is probably Steak and Shake. The one that I had to get was 99% of the time Waffle House or the uh, White Castle that was like on a random road coming back from Kissimmee. And it was not good. It was bad every time. I don't know why we ever thought that it was good. Where's a White Castle? In the South? Mm -hmm. Or in... in, I didn't know they were down here because... in, I think in it was Alabama, one, we, or it was like a like a fake one off or whatever. Okay, we because we have right, Crystal they're Burger. They're the ones that have like oh, it's Crystal Burger. Just kidding, it's Crystal Burger. You're yeah, because right. you're you're you're, yeah. you're losing your roots. Yeah, I know. Apparently, I just saw a Freddy's go up. I've never heard of that before. I, I think they're Freddy's like Midwestern here. because oh, okay. a friend of mine mentioned them and he said that they're like the best. Oh, I'm excited for it. You automatically see that old school sign, and I was like, I'm here for it. I'm about to go get some drive-through just to see what it tastes like. I hate getting fast food, fun fact, even though I'm drawing this book. But I lived off of fast food my entire life, essentially, until I was, like, not able to eat it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. Do you, do you, now that you're an adult, has that changed how you eat now, like, do you, do you prepare your own meals? Do you order out? What do you do? I mean, I'm, we mostly cook. I do like having to find, like, local restaurants to pick up things that, like, aren't totally bad for you or whatever because I'll just feel like garbage and sleep for 10 hours. Food, like, affects me energy-wise very intensely. So, like, if I went to go get, so, like, to celebrate, for instance, I really do love fast food. The problem is, is that I will sleep for like six hours after I eat like don't a love combo you. meal. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. So 
I have to spare and like treat myself by like literally treat myself and order fast food, which is the reverse, right? Like you usually do it for convenience or like, you know, price or anything like that. And, but I mean, I'm like a, I could eat cereal. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting into such a weird conversation, but I've never talked about this. So it's very interesting. I could eat sugar cereal, like three meals a day. It's I'm terrible wild because I don't eat, I don't eat bread. I don't eat like a lot of starches. So I'm kind of like just like meat or protein. Like I would eventually one day like to go vegetarian. That would be really cool. Huh. Or like I used to just eat like fish or things like that and like vegetables. I used I'm to do plain. I was a pescatarian for a little while. My, my wife was full on vegetarian and I, I worked for a moving company. So I had to get some type of protein. And I would do that. It's not bad. Matt, what is, what do you like to eat? Me? I mean, I'm like a human garbage disposal, but pizza, pizza is like my, my weakness. Like, so I have Friday is, is kind of like a holiday around here. Like for me, it's, I call it pizza to the face Fridays because that's my one day a week that I order pizza. So that's yes. like, I, I oh kind of God. like look forward to it. It's like my celebration. The week's over. Like I don't have to work. And you're um, in a place for good pizza. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. New York. Like, it's the I home of pizza. pizza. So much. We get little Caesars. Right. You have I the good stuff. I treat myself <laughs> now. I like either order sushi or like I'm huge on tacos. Like I could... I, I say all those things about like, I don't need bread, stuff like that. You put a bag of tortilla chips in front of me and forget it. Oh, I can like eat it in like two gone. hours, like done. And tacos. Oh my God. Every kind of taco. <laughs> Do you have any more questions, Matt? Yeah. My last one is sort of also food and drink related. It's about your podcast, Comics Inebriated with Matt Emmons. It's sort of uh, drunk history with comics, right? Yeah. So. And this might be like, and I don't know if you're going to explore this down the road, but like, what would be your topic of discussion on your, like, if you were like doing your own episode, what would your topic be? No, oh, damn. These are good interview questions. <laughs> I've never explained my entire schedule, talked about what I eat in a day or <laughs> talked. I haven't even told Matt what I'm going to do on the podcast yet. Like, this is great. You guys are great. I would require well not required i would pick my drink to be an aviation for those that don't know what an aviation is it has like a yes, lavender like it's it's called creme de voila and it's like a lavender liqueur and it's with gin and lemon juice and it's very delicious to me it's like i'm a huge foodie so this cocktail specifically, I feel like hits a lot of notes if you enjoy citrus and like, you know, you know, alcoholic beverages specifically with liquor or liquors. And I would either ask that I get to do something not related to comics, which is like, let me tell you the entire plot of Ocean's Eleven. Obviously pick like an old run, maybe like the old Dark Horse books of like Star Wars and research it and do everything first. Otherwise, I could probably do, you know, run through a couple things here. It would be fun to try and do Paper Girls because let's be real. Love time and, you know, time travel rather and things like that. And like 
did a great job introducing a ton of random characters to confuse the fuck out of you, but necessary <laughs> for the timeline. And I would definitely mess that up, which is great. <laughs> could do that. Or I could try to do a Blade Runner one and then go back and read all the comics too and say how it relates to the movies. I know. He's shaking That's his fantastic. head so bad yeah. at me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to listen to that or never hear about that again. <laughs> I would totally listen to it. So you're, I think you're on the right path. Maybe I do the aviation and pick Blade Runner because of the color of the drink, which is really fun. I, I just looked up that recipe for, for the aviation. It sounds amazing. I, um, it is so good. I'm such a noob at making drinks and I, I recently have started trying to learn how to do stuff and I'll experiment by making my wife drinks and she's been liking it. So that's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it's it has fun. Luxardo in it too. Sorry. So that's like a uh, maraschino liqueur. Yeah, maraschinos, yeah. cherries or whatever. So that's really, really good. What I, I think that's cool that you're exploring that because I didn't explore anything until I left Florida because all I thought was like the things that exist is, you know, the Australian Pinot Grigio wines and Miller Lite on the shelf. Like yeah. I never, <laughs> like even with food, right? Like I was that's why I can't eat it. Cause like once I changed everything to like not processed fast food, going back to it, I'm like, Oh God, I think I'm going to die. So like a lot of that same with like alcohol and stuff like that too. Like once you have stuff that's like made well with good ingredients and things like that, you're like, Oh dang, I didn't know it was supposed to taste like that. You know, like the yeah. $5 wine versus like, you know, the $20 wine. Yeah. It, oh, and you don't get a headache after drinking? Like, what? Because <laughs> oh, you're like, exactly. really bad stuff. In, in drinking, n- not to achieve a goal, <laughs> which is right. to, to get blitzed or whatever, but, but instead drinking to in, go like, hmm, this is enjoyable. I like this. The foodie aspect of it. Yeah. Exactly. So what's been knocking your socks off lately, just in terms of... of Comics, movies, TV, anything that you've been inspired by? I did finish Bad Weekend and what was the other one? All My Heroes or Junkies. Very late to the game on that one. It was very interesting and I enjoyed that a lot. I have been reading, I'm like on the second hardcover of East to West. And I've heard that's amazing. Look around my room real quick. Oh my God, November. So good. Elsa is like one of my favorite artists and like her and Matt Fraction, such a good team. So good. Love her artwork so much. The plot, obviously you have to buy it because, you know, Josh and Michael and Tim are phenomenal and, you know, just incredible. I could plug so many books right now. Resonate. Sorry. Two very great vault books, D.B. Andrews, Skylar Patridge, wonderful people extremely talented love it so much i so i have no knowledge of x-men whatsoever but i start i picked up vita's uh new mutants with rod rice is it not amazing shit. it's so good it's so good and they like the way they have these relationships already established is just so organic and like it seems effortless reads so she... well and i'm learning so much about x-men uh, who knew yeah they, and they and all that stuff so amazingly it's so well done Mm-hmm. I got I got to talk to talk to them about it, and they know their stuff. They they don't they don't half ass this. They whole ass this. It is amazing how how much 
work. And they also went into the, the kind of accountability friends that they have while making it. It, it seems like a lot of the X writers are, are really a tight knit group. Oh, I fully look up to like teeny Leah and Vita. Yes. That's like my work goals in the future. And let's, let's not forget Danny either. Vita's co-writer on some stuff like quarter killer and things like that. So good. Yeah. I could go, I could give you like hundreds of books. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mostly like a lot of stuff that I'm reading, like anything that I'm not, I, I was about to say anything I'm reading big too. Again, by, I just picked up because people that I really enjoy are creating it. So it's kind of nice that to see people that I really uh, admire being hired on big license stuff. So Nice, nice. Speaking of big license stuff, Star Wars Adventures 8. Y'all need to keep your eyes peeled for that. That's for, that that'll be in April. But uh, do, you, do you have anything else coming out that our listeners need to know about? Matt mentioned I, True Cult earlier. Yeah, so True Cult Issue 1 is available on Gumroad. And actually, two, True Cult Issue 2 is about to come out. So if you want the primer for that, go ahead and pick up Issue 1. And the other stuff that I worked on this past year, I can't talk about. But I will have a graphic <laughs> novel announcement soon. So that'll be fun. Oh, my gosh. For that. Hey, can you can you get back to us on that and just say like, hey, this is coming out and we'll we might be able to put in the show notes if it's if it's coming out like soonish, especially. Otherwise, you know, Absolutely. when I see it, we will uh, retweet it and let everybody know. And thank you. Other good stuff. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Anytime I get a chance to to hang out with my buddy Matt. I love it. I call him and bitch to him so much and I feel bad. <laughs> Like I was having car- don't feel Matt bad. just descended after hearing that. He was just like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Seriously. Like it's, I feel it's like every time be. I call you, I, I talk about the most jackass thing ever. And you're just like, yeah, man, that's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, we talk I about appreciate- comics. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. You guys talk about like normal stuff and ask me like bizarre questions. It's, <laughs> Very, I try to keep I, well, it. Well, you fun. ask me normal questions too, which, like, you know, schedule and stuff. Like, I always love hearing about that kind of stuff with other creators. Like, because I, yeah, I, I know that people are, you know, they if they're reading the books, mm-hmm. I want to know who you are. I want to know what your process is, and I also think that that other people want to know process because they look up to you and they they go like. She knows what she's doing. Maybe I can learn something. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely know what I'm doing. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, but but I I, I really honestly think that that it's something that people want to know because like well I want to know and those other people don't have podcasts so they can they can kick rocks. But, <laughs> but it, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Thank you, Casey. Nice to meet you. And obviously, Matt, my nephew. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And Leanna Kangas, y'all, go track down True Cult, track down uh, Star Wars Adventures, and uh, holy smokes, keep keep your eyes peeled for her stuff. And also, keep your eyes peeled for Matt Sumo, because (laughs) he is about to 
blow everybody away. I I agree. Oh I my agree very god! Much. Fingers crossed, guys. <laughs> I, you've read what he's doing, right? Have you read it? Actually, a uh, fun story. I Liana was the I was your first cover. Is that is that correct for oh, something that we? Oh, you're doing that? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. coming soon. Is that yeah. Yeah, so I'm super jazzed, and I love. So I, I help run a group called the Comic Jam, and anytime somebody from the Comic Jam does something amazing, I'm like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, exactly, yeah, because these are my friends, these are people that I care about, and they're doing stuff, and it's it's amazing. So I love it. Quick, quick sidebar about the Comic Jam. I mean, for me, like really quick, I was on a. a book called Dedication, the company folded and I was kind of like between work. So I like just stumbled upon the the comic jam and like probably the comic book collab subreddit and, you know, discovered this group of creators and like, we're all making one page comics. And that's kind of how I met Casey and how we became friends. So like, for me, like that group is really important because it sort of bridged the end, the tail end of this, this freelance project with like kind of, you know, working on one page stuff and like honing my craft and things like that. So I do have to say like, thank you to you, Casey, for having that group and, and Dude, welcoming yeah. me and all that stuff like it was really important for for me as like a creative to be able to like have stuff to work on like while i wasn't act- actively working on projects it was a lot of fun it man you you bring so much to the table and not only so it getting to meet people and kind of know like i i try to be very choosy as to who gets on the discord because I don't want anybody being disrespectful or rude or like, I don't want any assholes. I don't want to deal with it. And I don't want it. We have, we have a ton of different people on the discord. I want everybody to know that they're loved and we're friends and or at least feel respected. And like you bring such a positive approach to your writing, to other people's writing and so it's it's been a, a great pleasure getting to know you. And like, I mean, we're friends. We we talk on the phone. I, I bug you with my <laughs> stupid car shit. That that is so sweet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that's the best. I love you, Matt. So, <laughs> yeah. that's so sweet. Likewise, man. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. Liana, thank you so much. Y'all go get some dinner because I'm I'm about to go cook for a ten year old and a six year old and, and my wife because she's been grading papers. So that's so sweet. Nice. I love it. Y'all be good. See you guys on the socials. All right. Take it easy. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, <laughs> I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out spoilerverse.com because at spoilerverse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. <laughs> I like it though. <laughs> It's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and 
Oh my god, are you a lover of comic books like we are? And then there's so many, so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com. And I highly implore you to go there and check it out. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds in the Crypt and so many more. Misery Point Radio. episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out. And check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you, every day on Swillivers.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. You want to help support the site? You do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, Or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. And... Read more.